0: I'm Charlie Taylor. I'm ben Carter, I run Hip Hop by the Numbers on Twitter. I use Hip Hop statistics to highlight the
1: bigger picture. And I'm to the, the fifth element, my highlight, the fifth element of Hip Hop, which is knowledge. And welcome to our first interview on Digging Digits.
0: Excited, excited to get
1: into it, we're going to talk about it today. we can can talk talk about it today. Um, So yeah, uh, with us uh, to co-host, it's not even an interview, we're we're calling it co-host, co-hosting along with us uh, for this this episode uh, is uh, author, uh, professor at uh, Trinity Washington University in Washington, D.C., uh, podcast host of uh woke history, um, uh, coming through for uh, NPR one, and uh, yeah, Dr. Joshua Riot, thank you for coming through today.
2: Hey, thank you all for having me. Good
1: afternoon, yes, yes sir. Let's jump right in. Uh, so, uh, a couple of episodes ago, for um, those that haven't spun, uh, we uh did an episode, um, on uh, on on Kanye and uh, basically everything that uh, obviously has transpired in the past uh, in the past month month in change, um, and uh, kind of just trying to collectively understand everything so to speak, and try to talk about as much as possible within that. Um, but uh, Dr. Joshua Wright on in this on this front. Um, uh, recently uh, dropped uh, a book uh, called uh, "Wake Up, Mr. West." Uh, Kanye West and the Double Consciousness of Black Celebrity. Um, but I wanted to begin, uh, Doctor Wright, on a question that I asked on the previous set when we talked about Kanye. Um, is is this the 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 month in change that he kind of just went went on, and uh, we're kind of just in the let's just say the out of the eye of the storm, so to speak. Um, in that case, uh, was that the most self-destructive month for any celebrity, in your opinion? Well, good question.
2: Um, you know, I can't say any celebrity because we've had other cases of celebrities who've really, you know, made a. I don't know if we could curse on the podcast, but they made a go mess for of themselves. It. Let, go they made a mess of themselves. Um, we, we've seen that, you know, in terms of American celebrities, there have been a few who've done such things. Um, I mean, shoot, you could even throw I mean, if we want to look at Donald Trump, you know, the former president as a celebrity in his own right, I mean, the January 6th riot um, here in the U.S. was pretty bad. But, you know, I mean, Kanye West, you know, focusing specifically on Kanye, Kanye I think this was the worst month of his career. And it is... You know definitely in the running for worst months of any celebrity. Let's just put that out there. Uh, I mean, you think about the fact that I mean, and Kanye's done some outrageous things over his career, that's what he's known for. But the fact that you know, within the span of 48 hours, you could literally drop from being worth over 2 billion or you know, close to 2 billion dollars to 400 million dollars is, is pretty insane. The fact that you could lose. You know, all of your major endorsement deals, get fired from your agency, lose, uh, you know, you had a sports agency with athletes, you represented all of those people, left them, his lawyers fought, you know, left aside. side. Um, I mean, it's crazy. Like everyone literally turned their back on Kanye in a way that we never saw before. And Mm -hmm. it was a really bad month for him. I mean, it was, it was, and I don't even think that Kanye knew it was going to be that bad when he started spouting out and doing all of these different things. I I really don't. But, you know, Kanye's a a really weird and a really complex figure. So, I mean, it could have been to the point where after a while, maybe Kanye even found some humor in all of this, trying to see just how many people he could actually piss off uh, to prove some type of weird point that none of us really understand right now, but maybe It'll make some sense within another three or four years because that that seems to be kind of how Kanye operates. So,
1: yeah. Um, a term I saw um quoted by you was uh that he's the ultimate contrarian, uh, which is a very good uh way of describing it. I think the of what you said. I think the most I think the confusing part of it is that and the thing that is hard for us to grasp, I guess, is that we usually see how celebrities act um, by and large can come from, in some ways from a capitalist lens, right? Where they make decisions based on, uh, can they get money from this uh, and 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 things like that? Can they? Is there is their portfolio fine if they if they do this right? If they make this decision on whatever front, but it seems for him that shit don't matter, and because of that, it makes it extra confusing because we you know see uh, most you know hip hop artists, especially, will keep it to this uh, keep it on that front in that scope. We see them as get money, you know, money makers trying to trying to gain capital if they choose to do so on on, on that front. The likes of Jay Diddy, etc., right? But for Kanye, it wasn't that. I, I, it, it kind of have mattered that much because, or, or he just simply made the, you know, like like you said, just a not not really. Uh, catching on on how bad it actually could possibly be, You probably never have, would have guessed it. Who knows? But um, it is interesting uh, uh, on that front. But um, yeah, uh, on the contrarian front, I think uh, you know when it comes to his career, obviously we've you know we've I mean I mean uh, you guys more more so than me from from eight, from an age perspective uh, have seen his career come from you know from the. Uh, making beats for Jay and, and coming into his own and becoming his own person and becoming one of the biggest stylists in, you know, in the world, right? Um, a question I'll ask you, Dr. Wright, is that uh, obviously like, well, I'm from the UK, Ben's from Australia. Can Kanye West be made anywhere else <laughs> apart from America? Oh. Is he just distinctly an American product that can't be made anywhere else?
2: Wow. That, that's an amazing question. So um, I was interviewed by a young lady from Paris maybe two weeks ago, and she asked me not that exact question, but her question was, why is celebrity such a big thing here in the United States? Because she said in her country, I mean, celebrities are important, but not to the extent that they are here in the U.S., right? So um, I would say, like, in terms of, you know, Kanye being American-made, I think he is a product of our country's obsession and fascination with celebrity. And then, you know, after I answer, you guys maybe could let me know how it is in the UK or in Australia with celebrity, but here in the US, you know, really since the dawn of Hollywood, right? Early 20th century, you know, we've had like this fascination with these people we see in movies, people we see in television with our singers, Um, you know, that fascination has really grown to just incredible heights uh, in the 21st century, because of the advent of social media, where now people could follow their favorite, you know, celebrity pretty much all day long and see everything they're doing from Instagram to their tweets to TikTok, Facebook, et cetera. Right? We have all of these shows here, these television shows um, that are dedicated to the life of celebrities. Um, here in the United States, they have shows called Entertainment Tonight, uh, Access. Right? These are shows about 30 minutes long. TMZ shows that come on usually after the nightly news um, and they give you the nightly news on what's whatever's happening with the celebrities for that particular day. There's a network, the E-network, which is devoted to the life of celebrity. And that's where the um, Kim Kardashian and her show got started on the E-channel, right? So yeah, we have this obsession with celebrity. And then also, and I talk about this in the book, with the black celebrity, it's even different because for for African Americans in the black community for a lot for a very long time, the celebrity was really the trailblazer who could open the doors and really be like someone who could use their platform to uplift the entire race. So you talk about someone like a Jackie Robinson integrating Major League Baseball in 1947. His success was seen as success for all black people because it meant that not only could you have more baseball players of color in the future, but you could have blacks playing other sports and maybe if whites were comfortable watching them play sports, maybe they'd be comfortable letting them go to their schools, you know, serve on their boards at the business, live in their neighborhoods, marry their daughters, be in the White House one day, et cetera, right? And and likewise, if the celebrity messed up or failed, that could also be seen as sustained for the entire race, right? So I I give all of that because I think context is really important to, like, help people really understand, like, why celebrity, uh, celebrity in general and then Black celebrity, in Kanye's case, it's so unique here in the United States. So could Kanye be made elsewhere? I don't know, because I don't know in terms of other countries if they really place that same overemphasis on their celebrities. We could have a celebrity. Look at Donald Trump I mentioned earlier. You know, people knew him as a billionaire real estate um, You know, mogul, right? People knew him from his television show, The Apprentice. And he, you know, used that to get enough followers to one day run for president and people actually voted him into the White House. You know, he's not the first actor to be voted into the White House. Um, Ronald Reagan did it before him. Back in the 1980s, Arnold Schwarzenegger, a popular actor, became a governor of the state of California, right? So, and even in Kanye's case, he ran for president in 2020 and surprisingly got 60,000 votes and appeared on um, the ballots of 13 states, right? So we hold celebrity at, at you know, at a much greater Um, emphasis here in this country little kids grow up wanting to be athletes wanting to be singers right wanting now to be social media influencers more so than they do wanting to be engineers lawyers doctors teachers etc right Um, so again to your initial question could Kanye exist in another country do those other countries value celebrity the same way we do in the UK do you guys place as much emphasis on the celebrity that we do in Australia do you all do that you know, and I don't
1: know. I mean, you all can answer that question for me. I mean, Ben, go for it. Can Ken. Ken, can you be made in Australia? I mean,
0: no, because I think in Australia we still view American celebrities the same way that you're discussing the way the way that you're talking, but we view them because they're American because they're so far away. Yes. Uh they kind of we we can idealize them because where we feel like a small country, we feel you know we only have twenty three million people, so we're quite small. Uh, we see these people like Kanye West and these celebrities just globe trotting and just being like global super mega stars. And it's glamorous to us because we don't have that glamour in this country. You know, we don't have that level. So particularly in this country, uh, we idolize sports stars more so than, you know, musicians, uh, like Austra- Australian personalities. But if they started doing the things that Kanye West were doing, Five, six years ago, that would have been the end. Australians would have just switched off and been like, okay, like this is we don't really, we're not really understanding this. This doesn't make sense to us. We'll just move on to someone else. So I don't think anything like that could ever happen in Australia. Um, and certainly with the things that Kanye has been saying recently, Australians don't seem to be particular. One thing I did want to ask, and Charlie can talk about um celebrity in the UK in a second, but yep. Because Kanye has this following, because Kanye and, and Americans idolize these, these like musicians and superstars, did Kanye think that people would rock with him on this? Did he feel like... I wonder if he felt like he was just going to be still universally loved and supported while he was saying these things, or did he anticipate that a huge portion of his fan base and just people in general in America would turn against him? I do wonder that.
2: Yeah, I mean, with, with Kanye... That, that's always an interesting question, right? Like, does he do this stuff for shock value, right? Is he a provocateur? And yes, he is a provocateur. And yes, he does a lot of things for shock value. Does he always calculate the outcome when he goes into it? You know, I don't know. Like, he has this tendency to, you know, burn bridges and then be very apologetic and people come back to him. Like, there's a, a line he says in one of his older songs where he's like, as soon as they like you, make them unlike you, right? Mm-hmm. You know, and then like he quotes this line from Batman, I think we like live long enough to see yourself become the villain, Mm -hmm. right? So he wants people to love him, but then he gets people to turn on him really quick. So whether you want to talk about, um, you know, with the George Bush doesn't care about black people, which was like the first controversial moment, People didn't really turn against him because a lot of people felt that way at that moment. But when he did the Taylor Swift incident Mm. at the VMAs, the video awards for MTV, and he storms on the um, stage as Taylor Swift's getting her awards to say Beyonce should have gotten it. That was the first time that, you know, he did something that kind of backfired and a lot of people turned against him. And then like the very next night, he was on one of the late night talk shows and he apologizes. And then he goes on an exile where he steps away, and he mm-hmm. says that he didn't grieve properly over his mom's passing, and that's why he acted that way. Um, and you know, later we would learn that he was dealing with alcoholism and other things at that moment. So he steps away, he apologizes. He comes back, he makes an incredible album, my dark, my beautiful dark twisted fantasy. Uh, then he puts out Jesus, and he puts out Watch the Throne with Jay Z and some other projects. And then the Yeezys come out and the people love him again. And then, you know, you fast forward and, you know, he does some things along the way that would, you know, upset people, but not to that extent. And then you fast forward to 2018. And this is when you get all the Trump stuff happening. The slavery is a choice comments that he makes while being interviewed on TMZ. And for a while, he's really championing those those statements that he's putting out there. But there was so much backlash to the point that eventually he had to apologize. And I talk about this in the book where he goes on, he goes to two radio stations in Chicago and he sits down. One is at WGCI, which is the number one hip hop station in Chicago. And it's a station that he has a long history with going back to when he was just trying to get people to hear his music. And he apologizes to them. I mean, like he kind of fights it at first as to why he said the things he said, but eventually he apologizes. One of the hosts, a young lady, black woman named Kendra G starts crying. And she says that Kanye really let her down and let down the, the community, the black people in Chicago. Kanye starts crying. And then he apologizes and he says, Hey, you know, I'm sorry, I didn't, I, you know, I didn't mean, you know, people misinterpreted what I said about slavery's a choice and the MAGA hat and, and all of these different things. And he goes on another show and sits down with a guy named DJ Ferris and he apologizes. And, you know, Kanye slowly starts to get back in our, in our good graces. Um, then he has the, the moment at the White House with Donald Trump, which turned off a lot of people. But then he comes back with the Sunday services and, you know, people start slowly liking Kanye again. And he, you know, comes back with another amazing album with Donda and, and more, you know, shoes and fashion. And people love Kanye again. And we see this pattern of let me burn a bridge, let me get all the smoke and then let me apologize and let me maybe go away for a little bit, come back with some amazing product, be apologetic, like I said, and then people start to slowly like him again. I mean, even in his personal uh, relationships, Jay-Z, he burned that bridge, but, you know, they've been passionate up over the years. Drake, you know, Drake was like, you know, Drake looked up to Kanye. Then, you know, your idols become your rivals and, you know, these guys didn't like each other, but then, you know, we saw them, Make amends, break bread. They did the Larry Hoover concert together last year. Virgil Abloh, uh, you know, the creative designer of Off White and Louis Vuitton, same thing. Burn that bridge. So I think Kanye, you know, he does that. Like he just burns these bridges. In this particular case, it, it almost seemed comical as if he was trying to literally burn every bridge at the same time. Where it's like, you know, I'm going to anger all the black people with the white lives matter t-shirt. Then I'm to anger all the black people and the liberals too with the the george floyd conspiracy then i'm going to anger all the jewish people with these comments you know and then it's just like he's just trying to right now it just seems like he's trying to literally burn almost every bridge you could think of and i mean people who've even defended him i saw online um minister Louis farrakhan uh you know came to kanye's defense about the anti-semitic comments right and did like an hour-long speech which is on youtube people could watch it and Kanye, you know, supposedly, you know, came back and said some things negative about Farrakhan. So I don't understand, And, you know, people say this, this is his mental health issues and this is what causes him to do this. I don't know how much of this is mental health versus this is just Kanye being Kanye. It, it's really hard to say. Um, One of you all mentioned the stuff about the capitalism and, and, you know, you think about hip hop and and celebrities in general not wanting to do anything to hurt their bottom line. And with Kanye West, again, this is so confounding about him where he does a number of things that hurt him financially. And he said in interviews and he contradicts himself a lot. I say he's the ultimate contrarian. He's he's also the ultimate um, contradiction because Kanye Mm -hmm. has said in numerous interviews, recently that money doesn't matter. He wants to get away with class. You know, he, you know, even with the fashion, he was saying that he wanted gap and Adidas not to charge a lot of money for his product so that everybody could have it, et cetera, et cetera. But at the same time, he's saying all of this stuff that would make you think that he's not a capitalist. He was quick to keep telling people I'm the wealthiest Black man in the world. I'm the wealthiest Black man of all time, right? And he he was number two. He wasn't number one in America, but he was number two. Uh, but he kept telling this over and over. And there's an interview, a more recent interview he did with uh, Pierce Morgan, the journalist. Um, and Pierce, you know, is, is questioning him about this Jewish, you know, all the anti-Semitic stuff. And Kanye kind of jokes like, Pierce, how much are you worth? like why, why, why should i listen to you like i make like i'm worth how much and you're worth how much you know what i mean mm. so it's again it's like dude if, huh. if you don't care about the money you do care about the money you were mad the forbes got your net worth wrong so you do yeah. care about the money but you're also hurting the money too so i don't like i said he is a complex nutty character
1: <laughs> yeah I, I mean yeah from the Kanye stuff has happened like that was the this- Shitting on Piers Morgan's always a dub for me. I don't care who you are. It's a W. So um shout out to that. That was great. That was amazing. Just calling it broke on, on his own show. Unbelievable. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, uh, a lot of the, lots of digest there. But um, earlier earlier you were talking about basically just a roller coaster, right? Of people fucking with him, not fucking with him, people fucking with him, not fucking Like that's kind of like the main reason why I just after around after around the presidency thing, uh, when he started that. Uh, that's kind of when I hopped off just wholesale I was just like no 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 not even gonna bother anymore like I can't be asked might not even spin the music anymore like, I think the last record I spun of his was probably like Jesus is King I was just like I'm good now I'm good I'm, I'm not bothering anymore but even with the heart uh, outside the music was just a lot and I I that that, that roller coaster f- the feel that I got that you just um exemplified there was good so that's basically what was it for me i was just like i'm sick of going up and down with this dude it's just, it's just it's just annoying right and i don't care enough i don't care enough about him to 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 entertain it you know what i mean it's just like okay i'm just gonna i'm done with it i'm gonna bother um but yeah going back to the um uh can Kanye be any made anywhere else the answer is no um <laughs> in, in probably in most circles but even but even with that said like um you know obviously this ain't the same but like uh you know, Ukraine's uh president zelensky's uh, was wasn't was a comedic actor right so um apparently you can be a comedic actor and become president of ukraine right but i can't imagine uh a celebrity in any fashion in uk becoming i don't know not even in maybe like a member of parliament So like a you know a senator for comparatively right um you know i could see that maybe uh, potentially, but it hasn't happened yet. Um, but yeah, I can't see him becoming like you know prime minister in the same way Donald Trump did. Um, that's a fact, that's interesting. But even recently, um, uh, UK artist here Stormzy, um, Ben's well aware, uh, basically came out with these, um, uh, basically came out of an interview uh, talking about um, uh, an election we had a few years ago. Um, and talking about one of the basically candidates, right, uh, Jeremy Corbyn, who was um, basically leader of the Labour Party and was um, trying to lead the uh, trying to lead the party to uh, win the general election, uh, you know. T- t- how we how we do our parliamentary system aside i uh, can't be able to explain that but yeah he was trying to he was trying to lead them to the to the dub um and he lost he lost in a very bad way uh <laughs> and it was quite it was quite catastrophic um but what stormsy came out came out with was basically like you know uh similar to how you know jay and diddy got uh, uh, Obama elected in some fashion, right? And how they were gassing him up. Um, there were a lot of... There was there was a hashtag called Grime for Corbyn where there were black artists openly supporting a politician, which I don't think ever happened before until then. Um, so he was basically lamenting that, that era and basically saying, you know, I still respect the guy and uh, I still think he, you know, should have won, but the media was um, uh, basically just all came at him at once and it was a very very jarring experience especially looking at in real time even like um you know uh notoriously center or even left uh publications were going at corbyn even though he was notably a leftist and um, notably had socialist tendencies so it was a bit weird um of how everyone just piled upon him but even with that people were saying Stormzy's acting like kanye and i was like what are you saying (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that is nowhere near what that is nowhere near the level he just said i still respect corbyn it's not it's not that deep right but people make that comparison it's just the stupidest comparison um but yeah i'm not going anywhere with that i was just making a point but it's just it's 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 silly how especially in the uk um people see um how uh celebrities especially um link up with politicians it's not as often as you as you as uh, as as i see when it comes to like america where um there's always um a lot of you know black celebrities supporting black politicians right and i get that I, i i feel that um I mean you mentioned obviously uh Schwarzenegger and that um you know Ruff, uh, uh, or Raphael Warnock, the other one, Herschel Walker, right? Sports star, yes. sports celebrity, yeah. not even from not even from recent times. What, when was he doing that Heisman shit like thirty the years 80s. ago? Eighties. 80s. 80s. Yeah. 80s. Yeah. And he's and he's and he's running for center. That's crazy. That can never happen. That can never happen. I can't see Gary Lineker, um, a footballer from the nineties becoming an MP or Prime Minister. It's not gonna happen. It's just not gonna happen. But
2: but, like, but you know what though on, on that one point though, um... go for it. You, you do have. Here, there's one example I could think of in the Philippines. Manny Pacquiao, good point, boxing mm. champion. That's a good champ. I think became what president or something like that in the Philippines. So that's yeah, the I one think, example yeah. I could think of.
1: Yeah. 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 It was. It was. I think he ran for it. Uh, I don't know if he won or not. But yeah. Yeah. Exactly. That's a. That's a great. That's a great. Um. That's a great point. So you know, a national, uh, an international, uh, boxing legend. Yeah. That's mm. a pretty. Yeah, I can, like, you can You can make a you, that's probably the closest we can possibly get to someone uh trying to do uh or trying to be as notorious as Kanye on that front um but even with that said I think people still like Manny Pacquiao <laughs> I'm not sure about the how people follow like Manny Pacquiao these days but you know I feel like he's still respected in some way um I wanted to broach on the topic of obviously black celebrity as a whole um, because obviously you use Kanye as kind of like a main case study, I would say. Um, but um, you also talk about black celebrity as a whole. And I kind of wanted to drill into that. I don't have a specific question, but I guess in that front, I always wondered, I guess. Um obviously you mentioned double consciousness right on the title of the book, and obviously that leans back to uh WDEB Du Bois, right? Um, and the concept of double consciousness. um Actually, let's start with that. Can you explain to the people that don't know what double consciousness is, uh, what what that term is, where it come from, etymology of it, and uh, how that applies, I guess, to Black celebrity as a whole in the modern modern day?
2: Yeah, I will. And actually, I have a few um, a few easy quotes from the book that I could just kind of like read off to kind of help summarize. Your stuff. <laughs> right. So, um, first of all, with W. B. Du Bois, as you mentioned. He was one of the leading scholars, um, black or white, though he was African-American, black or white here in the United States in the late 19th century, early 20th century. He was the first black man or black person in general to receive a Ph.D. from Harvard. He um, was not born into slavery, you know, like a lot of black people of his day. He was born a free black man, grew up in Great Barrington, Massachusetts. As I mentioned, he studied at Harvard. He studied at Fisk first, which is. Uh, a historically black institution in Tennessee. He studied overseas. Uh, He was one of the founders of the NAACP, the National Association for the Advancement of Colored People, which is the the oldest uh, civil rights organization in the United States. So he writes this book, uh, The Souls of Black Folk, which was published in 1903. And he talks about a number of issues within the book. and, you know, one of those issues is the so-called double consciousness. And it was something that he flirted—he first flirted with this concept back in 1897 in an essay. But most people know it from this book in 19, 1903. So the quote that I wanted to use is this one. He says, it's a peculiar sensation, this double consciousness, this sense of always looking at oneself through the eyes of others, of met- measuring one's soul by the tape of a world that looks on it and amused contempt and pity. Whenever feels his two-ness in an American, a Negro, two souls, two thoughts, two unreconciled strivings, two worn ideals in one dark body, whose dogged strength alone always keeps it from being torn asunder, right? And then I go on to to kind of like say, Well, how does celebrity you know relate to this double consciousness? So I say the celebrity's privileged status does not make him or her immune from the added cause of being black in America nor does their fame make them immune from the so-called double consciousness. There's a double burden of being too Black for some mainstream audiences, and by mainstream, I mean, I mean mostly White, and not Black enough for some Black audiences. It's no secret that here in America we have this succession with celebrities. However, in the Black community, celebrity has a special status, and I've already talked about that, right? How the celebrity could be seen as someone who could uplift the race, or they could also be seen as someone who could stain the race, Uh, Black celebrities have often had to choose between the role of being a, a spokesperson for their race or a builder of a personal brand endorsed by individuals outside of and with little vested interest in the Black community they come from. This responsibility can impact every aspect of their lives from choosing where they live, whom to marry, whom to vote for, and how they use their platform. So. Um, you know, in the book, I, you know, again, using Kanye as the case study, I look at other celebrities, those who've come before Kanye, some of his peers, to see how they, you know, walked this tightrope, right, this double consciousness of being Black. Um, but often, you know, you're a Black person in this larger world, which is not always um, in favor of Black people, right? And we all deal with it. And when I say we, I'm talking, you know, majority of Black people in America and even folks outside of the Black community because they've been people uh, who are Latino who talked about this experience. They've been Blacks overseas who've talked about this experience as well of always kind of being conscious of your Blackness, right? When you walk in a room, and I like I can speak from experience, No, there were times when I was growing up and I was attending college, I was attending high school, and I may have been the only Black person in my class, or I may have been one of two or three in the class, and you know, it's, you know, I had to kind of assimilate and navigate with the the other people around me. But at the same time, you know, there's my, you know, blackness, my black culture, my history, my community, that I'm also bringing into, you know, that dynamic as well. And, you know, and and that's what we talk about, like this whole double consciousness of, you know, you're a black person, yet, you know, you're also in this non-black world. And how do you navigate? How do you move? Do you just see yourself as a black person do you say hey i'm you know i'm just a person i'm just an american you know like how do you how do you move and some people you know are very vocal you know with their blackness and with their culture in general and again i'm talking about black people but like i said this could you know apply to other groups as well but some people you know they are always you know carrying their blackness with them to the point where it's like if people say something that's wrong or out of place they're going to be the ones to correct them to say hey you know, that's not quite right, that's insensitive, et cetera, et cetera. If we are celebrating, if we're at an office and we're celebrating the holidays and there's no mention of, let's say, Kwanzaa, which is, uh, you know, a celebration that some African-Americans in this country celebrate, that person, he or she may speak up and say, well, you know, we should also mention Kwanzaa because it's important, right? Whereas you have other Blacks who may say, you know, I don't want to, you know, always talk about race. I don't always wanna talk about my blackness. So because of that, you know, it doesn't bother me. I'm gonna let this slide and I'm not gonna make an issue of it. Um, With the celebrity, the celebrity, like I said, has this privilege opportunity where their fame opens a number of doors that are open to the majority of the black masses, right? And I mean, especially when we go back to the early parts of the 19th, really like the late 19th century, early 20th century, A lot of times, like these celebrities may have been the only ones who got invited to the country club, the only ones who got invited to live in certain neighborhoods. And for a long time, you know, even though they were famous, just because they may have been invited to those places didn't necessarily mean they were welcome in those places. Right. I talk in the book about um, there was a celebrity, Nat King Cole. He and his wife had purchased a home in a majority white neighborhood and people didn't want them there. Like people put signs up saying that, you know, you need to leave. They reached out to Nat King Cole's manager to tell him, hey, um, if he wants to keep his career, he needs to move out of this neighborhood. So even though whites loved his music, they loved his art, they didn't love him enough as a person to want to accept him and his wife in that neighborhood. Samuel Davis Jr., uh, another person I mentioned in the book, um, wanted to marry a white woman and, you um, one of the heads at a major studio in Hollywood told him, this is going to ruin your career. Like, if you marry this woman, you're not going to get any more movies, parts, you're not going to get any more big engagements. And Sammy was forced to break off his relationship with her, do a, a marriage to a Black woman that he wasn't even in love with. That didn't last long. And then eventually he did, you know, go on and marry a white woman. But but I'm saying this to to, to kind of say that, like, yeah, these celebrities knew that at the time, they're walking this rope of, you know, I'm a Black person, I'm being seen through this white gaze, I'm being accepted for my art by these white people, but I'm still seen as an N-word at the end of the day, I'm still seen as a Black person at the end of the day. Now, this was the 20th century, things have gotten a lot better, you know, and a lot of doors have been opened because of those people who came before Kanye West. But, you know, even still today, you know, when you talk about these celebrities now in the 21st century, you know Kanye is one example, but you have a number of others that you know again, like they still recognize that they're they're people of color, that they're black people, and do they want to embrace that? Do they want to again use that platform on the on the behalf of other blacks, or do they want to just be about themselves? People criticize Kanye because Kanye came out saying all of this pro black rhetoric. Uh, Ashley Farmer, who's a, a great historian. Published an article in Bazaar, Harper's Bazaar, not too long ago, saying how Kanye, you know, has always used a lot of pro-black, you know, black consciousness, black power rhetoric, you know, that he got from his mother and his father, but now he's supporting white supremacist causes that were counter to that black power ideology, right? Um, and and that's what's led a lot of people down with Kanye West. Whereas you look at someone like a LeBron James, you know, LeBron, even Serena Williams, you know, they really use their platforms. To speak out on issues impacting Black people a lot, a lot, and and you know they have a lot of white fans, and they're not afraid that by doing that it could end up hurting their money. It could end up costing them endorsements. You know, Michael Jordan was quiet for so long, um, you know, when he was the man back in the eighties and nineties because he was afraid that yeah, even though all these white people loved him, that if he got too too black, too radical, you know, that might offend certain segments of those communities and cost him all that money he was making with nike so he was quiet um but yeah so again that's that's just kind of like what i mean when i talk about this double consciousness and how it relates to being a black celebrity
1: yeah um there were two there were two things like uh, that i was uh, thinking about while you're talking uh a personal anecdote was when i was uh i was at university and there was a uh, we did like a film and television, right? And uh, there was a week, uh, on like race, right? It was split into several, you know, uh, concepts. it's like one on one week on race, one week on sexuality, that kind of thing, right? So <laughs> when we did the race, we had a seminar we were talking about. I think it was off the back of uh talking, uh, watching uh, Dear Y people, uh, the film version, uh, twenty fifteen or twenty fourteen, whatever drop, and. Like you said, so I, was, I think I was the only uh, non-white dude there, and it was just like, and I was kind of just like, I felt like I had an imp- the 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 imperative to you know kind of like break it down through my lens because you guys ain't gonna get it, um, you know what I mean? Is it as I, I was singing in that front, and then off the off the back of what you finish with, uh, I literally just listened to a podcast uh, called The Music Snobs, and they were talking about. Um, we talking about uh white artists doing black music, right? So we're talking about you know Led Zeppelin. We recently did uh episode on Red Hot Chili Peppers, and they kind of uh went off the off the back of a uh, funk and that. Uh, and there was a they had a roundtable about uh, uh who who they would have put into the We Are the World song, and uh, they a couple of them mentioned like Shaka Khan or Luther Vandross, but they was like, but they couldn't have been on it because they're too black uh and they were honest with themselves without that front so michael Jackson michael jackson could be in it uh, uh you know and, and others but luther bandross just a little bit too black rick james just a little bit too black not 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 not, not completely you know not not completely vibing with the we are the world crowd and that target audience which is, which is which is fascinating um ben, do you have anything on, on the front or that's funny.
0: um I mean, it's it's really interesting because obviously as a white person looking from the outside in, I learned so much about African-American culture and black culture from hip hop artists, especially in my teenage years, because in Australia, I mean, we have our, our indigenous population, but we treat them horribly. And in school, our history is just completely whitewashed. So when I started listening to this kind of music, this was stuff I'd never heard before stories I'd never heard before. And... I'm, I assume it must be very difficult when you're coming up under those circumstances and, and gaining that popularity, as you say, like trying to, I'm not going to say appease, but trying to cultivate that white fan base because in America, obviously, if you want to be successful, uh, like really successful, like Drake numbers, Kanye numbers, Jay-Z numbers, you're going to have to get white people to buy your music, unfortunately, like it's, it's just they're the majority. And so how do you... I wonder if these artists, especially Kanye West, feel that responsibility. And I want to ask you as well, Dr. Wright, like, do you feel that when these artists get to that level and they have the ears of so many impressionable white people, let's just say white people, because that's my experience? You know, I was young and impressionable and I learned a lot. Do you feel that they then have that responsibility just innately within them that they have to teach us and like, make us aware of these circumstances and you know the history and or is it is that a really unfair burden to place on them simply because they're black and successful that they should then have to take on that responsibility of educating the people who are not probably going to get educated in any other way i mean now that hip-hop artists are so worldwide there are so many countries where they have no idea about slavery their history has been totally whitewashed they're only like exposure to African-American culture is through these massive hip hop artists. Do you feel that then they have to take on that responsibility or is that a really unfair burden to place on them?
2: Yes and no. Uh, I I think they do. I think they should take it on, but I also do think it's unfair at the same time. Right. So let, let me start with the, let's go backwards. Right. So the reason why I think it's somewhat unfair is because, you know, we don't ask that of our white celebrities, right? We don't ask Taylor Swift to, you know, educate, you know, the masses, right? You know, and young girls lay love Taylor. I mean, you know, it was all over the news this week how she crashed Ticketmaster with her her, you know, tour sales, right? But you know, we don't ask Taylor Swift, we don't ask Lady Gaga, we don't ask Adele, you know, we talk about our athletes, you know, we see people, I mentioned LeBron James, Serena, how Colin Kaepernick, you know, I'm sure your listeners are familiar mm-hmm. with him, right? You know, we see how they take a, a stand, right? And that could come with consequences, but we don't ask that of a Tom Brady or, you know, some of these white stars here, right? So my point is, here, yeah, it's kind of unfair that we expect the blacks to have to do it, to do it all, right? We expect them to have to really like bear the burden, um, you know. But then at the same time, it does kind of come with the territory, unfortunately, just because of history. Now, in my book, you know, I, I talk about how you know people wanted Michael Jordan to speak up. They wanted Michael Jordan to be more vocal in his day and to say more. And Jordan's response was, "Republicans buy Nikes too. Like, I don't want to offend the Republicans, right?" And and there was a great story of that because. There was a black candidate who was running against a white, literally a white supremacist, supremacist for uh, a position in Congress in Jordan's home state of North Carolina. So people wanted Jordan to back this black man, and Jordan didn't want to do it. He claimed mm. it he didn't have enough information. Mm. But I mean, the real reason was Jordan was afraid that it would make him look too radical or, as uh, Charlie mentioned, too black, right, by stepping out of his comfort zone and doing that, Right. Um, so, Jordan ducked that burden. OJ Simpson is a great oh. example of somebody who was ducking and dodging a burden as oh. much as possible because he just wanted <laughs> to be loved by the masses. And OJ is such a tragic story, though, because yeah. he did everything he could to run away from the black community once he got that, you know, adoration and love from the masses. And then you saw how quickly people turned on him, you know, during that whole murder trial that happened. Uh, yeah. and, and surprisingly, you know, Kanye even kind of, you know, compares himself to O.J. a little bit. Like, not now, but like back in the day he was doing um, this concert and he was performing a song called Amazing. And He goes into this long dialogue about O.J. Simpson being amazing because of what he went through and, and all of this stuff, right? But, yeah, I mean, coming back to this question of do celebrities have responsibility? With The reason I brought up Michael Jordan is like – I think everybody has a certain calling and everybody has a certain gift. Right. And for some of us, our calling is to be um, to be people who are outspoken, to be people who could go out and, you know, say things and be active and, and, and do things that will really lead the masses. And others, that's not their calling, right? So, in Michael Jordan's case, yes, he had all of his fame and celebrity. So, because of that, because he has such a big platform and his voice would carry so much weight, you would say, yeah, Mike, you should be doing something other than telling people be like Mike, right? But at the same time, if that's not in Jordan's heart, if that's not what is, if he's just not made that way or built that way, it's somewhat unfair to say, hey, Mike, I need you to be out here doing this. Like if Mike wants to say, hey, my manager will make some donations that people don't know about to this charity and to that organization and to that organization, you know, we'll have a foundation for the kids. You know, if that's how Michael wanted to give back, it was kind of unfair of us to, you know, criticize him because Michael never came out saying I want to be the next Muhammad Ali. He even said that in the um, the last dance docu-series docu- that came out Back in 2020 on espn and netflix he's like hey i admire ali but i wasn't trying to be muhammad ali so maybe you shouldn't follow me if that's the type of leader you're looking for now how does this apply to someone like a kanye west though and, and people in hip-hop like you said ben a number of people around the world are learning about black culture through these hip-hop artists i, I teach a course where we look at how hip-hop is from the u.s to different parts of the globe And, you know, we see how hip hop is so, you know, dynamic in Germany and Australia and all of these different places. And, yes, that is how a lot of them are learning about black culture. I think if a hip hop artist comes out and they're talking about consciousness and social issues and political issues, I think they do have a responsibility to do something with that platform. Now, if they don't come out and say that that's what they're about and all they want to talk about is bling bling and parties and sex and different things of that nature, then, you know, regardless of how big they are, I don't know if we should really expect for them to be the ones, you know, with the voice. Like, for example, Drake. I don't look to Drake for anything social. Like, now, I like his music, don't get me wrong, but Drake has never been that type of artist. In his newest project with 21 Savage, there's a line where he talks about uh, he makes a reference to the recent abortion, um, you know, issue here in the United States where they took away abortion rights. Right. And that's one of the most conscious things I've ever heard Drake say in the last yeah. decade. But again, that's not what Drake is is here for. And he never was here for that. So I don't look for that for him. Kanye West came out from day one, though, saying I want to be Gil Scott Heron. I want to be, you know, associated with these other singers of the past who actually stood for something. You know, he he said that in his rhymes, he talked about that in interviews. He talked about his mom being in the sit-ins, he talked about, you know, his dad being a Black Panther. So, like Kanye had, you know, already said from day 1, this is what I'm about. I'm I'm a mainstream artist of Rockef, Rockefeller, but I'm also with the Backpackers, I'm with Most Def and Talib and Common and, and these guys who are actually saying something. So, it hurts people for, for Kanye not to like use his voice in a, in a more productive way. A really great example of this is how we talk about the burden of, of celebrity and blackness and like, what are you gonna do with it, right? So um, in 2013, Kanye West goes on the Yeezus tour. And, and one of the things he did on that tour was he was selling merchandise that had Confederate flag logos on it. And a Confederate flag for a number of African-Americans in particular in this country, Is seen as a symbol of slavery, hate, racism, lynchings, black people hanging from trees, you know, things of that nature, right? And, you know, another a number of white Southerners who don't really know that history think of it as just a symbol of Southern pride, right? Or my grandfather, whoever fought in that in the Civil War for the Confederacy. So Kanye makes these shirts and hats with the logos and he changes it up a little bit and he says, Hey, I'm trying to take Away the power of that symbol. I want to do for the Confederate flag what rappers did for the N word, meaning that, yeah, the N word means this, but we're going to change it and take the power away from it. So that's what he claimed he was doing with that Confederate flag shirt. But, you know, a lot of the white people who came to Wisconsin and were buying that merchandise they didn't know that they didn't you know they didn't know the history of the flag they didn't know what Kanye was trying to do with it so to them it's like hey let me rock this cool Kanye West Confederate flag shirt and I guess it's cool because Kanye says it's okay or Kanye letting fans at his concerts use the n-word you know like there, there was something where he talks about the white fans and there's a part in the song where you know it's like the n-word and he's like yeah go on and say it you know now, that's Kanye West not being responsible with, with his platform as a black celebrity, you know, who has all of these white impressionable, you know, listeners and viewers. Right. Kendrick Lamar, by comparison, had a concert and a young white fan came on stage and he's doing um, I forget what song it was, but he's doing a song. That uh, Mad, doing, ci- uh, Mad, City. Mad, City. Mad yeah. City. Yeah, Mad City. Right. He's doing the Mad City song. And the young lady is like, I think she says the word, and he's like, yeah. "Yo, hold yeah. on, right? You know, <laughs> yeah. it's like you can you can rap every other line, but yeah, but not that." So yeah, that that's that. what I'm saying. Like yeah. Kendrick, you know, just like Kanye, he's he's always preached social consciousness, and he knew at that moment that he had a, a, re- a responsibility, a burden to you know to have to say something and to educate that young woman, right? So, yeah, yeah some celebrities, I think they do have that responsibility. It's an unfair yeah i guess it is unfair but some of them do if you yeah. say that's what you're about then you need to be about it and that's the problem with kanye west he doesn't he doesn't stand for the things he talks about whether it's black issues whether it's the church and christianity he contradicts himself all the time
1: yeah i feel that um on that last point that um on his on know just a grasping of christianity in the past few years i'm not even i'm not even christian i'm not religious in any way and i find i find that shit a bit like, just a bit jarring, to be honest. I'm just like, if uh, why? Are you... And obviously, he's had most of his music. I mean, first single was Jesus walks right? He's he's been he's he's been about it in some way, but like, just the overtness of it. I don't know. I just felt very predatory, I guess. Um, in in how he was just like doing the Sunday service and stuff like that, and then, and then I don't know, just trying to capitalize off it. It felt really weird. But, um, yeah, uh, yeah. the go
2: for it. Charlie, Charlie, can I can I address that real quick? The, go for it, the go for it. Part? Yeah, you go for Yeah, so I mean the, the whole way I got into this this book on Kanye was originally um back in 2016 um I was working on this this special issue for its an academic journal called the Journal of Hip Hop Studies and I was editing this issue with two other professors and it was all about Kanye West and his use of, of religion and Christianity, right? So like you said that's always been a big part of Kanye's music in the book. I have a whole chapter about Kanye and religion and, and, you know, like he grew up in the church and, you know, his mom took him to church, his dad took him to church. So this this was something that's always been there. And even like, if you listen to just about every Kanye album, like there's always religious references throughout the songs, uh, throughout many of the songs, not all of them, but throughout many of the songs, there's always some type of religious references And, and you know, I think along the way and, and the way like I kind of like look at the Sunday services, I think along the way as Kanye got more and more famous, you know, just like he kind of got away from the teachings of his mom and the, the things he learned within the black community. Like, I feel like he also got away from the church and, and from religion and he even talks about this, how like he became, you know, like into drinking a lot and the porn into, you know, just like doing a lot of bad things. And after he, you know, his mom passed away and he was grieving and not grieving properly. And then after he gets with Kim, Kim Kardashian and they get married and he you knows becoming this father figure, I think he was trying to change his life. And I think he was trying to kind of like go back to some of those values that he had learned when he was a young man. And he talks about how, especially when he had the, the mental breakdown that, you know, he got this this calling from God he needed to go out and he needed to start a church. So I think at that moment, you know, I think, you know, he rededicated his life to, to Christ, so to speak. And I think that's when you start seeing these Sunday services and the Sunday service wasn't supposed to be what it became. Like initially it was just something small with friends and like some singers, you know, gospel choir singers and some musicians. And then it grew into what it really became, which was like really a beautiful thing. And um, a former pastor, for my church, his daughter was one of the lead singers in the Sunday service choir and the pastor, he actually got to uh, attend some of their performances. So he said like what he saw actually was, you know, it was legitimate. It was like a real thing, right. In terms of like a a moving church service and all of this. But (laughs) I think with with Kanye um, and it's a really good article that actually talks about why like pastors can't turn their back on Kanye right now in the midst of all of this stuff that's happening. I think in Kanye's case, um, I think what happened to him is what you see with a lot of, like, born-again Christians where, you know, when you, you, you know, you it's like, you know, you get into a new relationship, right? You're so in love with this new person that, like, you want to spend every waking moment with this person. All you yeah. want to do is talk about this person. So in Kanye's case, he was in love with Jesus, you know, and all he wanted to do was talk about Jesus, Um but then after a certain point, that newness wears off and you kind of start going back to the things you were doing before. And I think with Kanye, we've seen that where he, he got into the church, he, you know, hopped on that wave. But, he you know, he didn't completely change his life, you know. And because of that, I think we have seen him slip back into a lot of destructive behavior and a lot of behavior that is very contradictory to what he what he was preaching two years ago with with the Sunday service and with the Jesus is King album, I do think he was sincere about it at that moment. But um, I I just don't think it developed enough like it should have. And even with the Jesus is King stuff, like and, and I talk about this in the book, like there's even some controversy with that because some people could say he only did that um, if they want to be cynical, they could say he only got with the church because that was a way to get back in people's graces, you know, especially you talk about black people, the black Americans, the church is our foundation. And that was a, a easy way to get back in the good graces of black people. It gave him a new set of listeners, you know, because, you know, now he has a new audience buying his music that never listened to him before. Um, and even from a politics standpoint, a lot of the folks who were supporting him were um, southern white evangelicals, evangelical christians who supported donald trump and who supported the republican party so it kind of ties back into all of that anti-blackness when you talk about politics so it's it's it is confusing i agree with you charlie on that point it is very confusing when you talk about kanye and the um the sunday service
1: yeah thanks for putting me on to the journal of hip-hop studies by the way i'm just uh, i was just uh perusing some of it as was, uh, some some really good stuff around uh old here uh is it volume six issue one the the but yours isn't it I've got testify, i got a testify can't you waste here yeah, that's right. yeah that's so right. um, I'll, I'll throw a link on that if uh, people want to read um go for that because i might give that give that a spin um but yeah uh i guess uh, i mean how long have we got uh, so you know cracking about, about to crack an hour um i did have uh points past that but um, i was kind of uh taken aback by the fact that there's a journal of hip-hop studies and uh and uh (laughs) okay because i mean ben knows this uh you know uh like i said i leave the fifth element which is knowledge right and that's kind of the seeds i want to i've been trying to get out for the past like you know six or so years where you know academia in hip-hop is a thing now and it it's readily available there's people like you you know there's people like Professor trisha rose that are doing the work right and they're teaching these things um even people like you know ninth wonder uh and uh you know q-tip uh coming into uh universities and teaching stuff like that and that's the and that's really the funny. stuff that yeah exactly it's that's the interesting that's the interesting elevation that hip-hop has gotten to um that i really hope people can actually step up to the plate to uh, actually look for seek out and teach themselves on that because looking through, I mean, for me personally, I've recently just done an essay on like hip hop turn of 50, which I'm going to drop um, at the uh, start of next year. Um, and everything I talk about on that, which covers a myriad of topics um, come from a place of this. I've, I've learned all this by myself. <laughs> like school didn't teach me this, <laughs> um, you know, I just listened to some music I read some lyrics. I googled some people, and then I started reading some stuff. And this is what I've this is what I've learned in the past, like you know, uh, ten or so years, right? And you know, I feel like hip hop's a really good vehicle for 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 education. You know, obviously, Ben said he's learned a lot, um, through listening to hip hop in his uh, growing years and his coming of age and uh you know we're all we're all products of that um so i just wanted to okay, i guess like <laughs> appendix is all this uh uh with uh this whole conversation with that you know um we obviously we talked about kind of a few episodes ago and it was very uh obviously just um you know uh, just uh, f- throwing phone about um uh certain uh things we've gleaned from it um but with you dr right coming through um and just uh you know putting us on some uh real good stuff and some uh, some 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 interesting ways to think about uh, some different angles, I guess, to think about all this. Um, you know, you can zoom into it and just look at uh, Kanye's career or whatever. But you know, if you zoom out and then look at things like double consciousness, things like black debris like you talk about in your book, um, can really help uh, contextualize all of this, right? Um, and context that people can't get on Twitter um text context so they can't get on facebook because they're just not they're they're not those are those are not the arenas for stuff like this um so yeah with that said um that's just right wholly appreciate um ben do you have anything else um on questions or um no no, no that was
0: that was that was great that was really informative um, no, I appreciate you so much for coming on, honestly, really, really do. I'm going to go back and listen to this and, um, yeah, reflect on it a lot and share it <laughs> yeah. with people. Cause I think, no, I think it's a very important discussion. I mean, as Charlie said, there's, there's no nuance, there's no an, an analysis about yeah. this. It's just Kanye said something anti-Semitic. So we have to just throw rocks at him and throw <laughs> tomatoes at him. And you know what I mean? Like, and yeah. if you don't do that, if you try and discuss it and and have a conversation about it, then people will say that you're being bigoted. Uh, then the Kanye fans will attack you for criticizing him. So it's very important to have discussions like this. I genuinely think that.
1: Yeah, but he made graduation, so. But he did. <laughs>
0: but, but
2: no, nah, I mean, th- thank you guys for having me. And Ben, I'm glad you used that term nuance because that really was what yeah. inspired me to write the book in the first place. Because after the 2018 stuff with the, you know, TMZ and Trump, I, I heard a lot of, you know, what you were saying, like everybody was like, oh, I hate Kanye right now. Let's cancel Kanye. And there was little nuance in the discussions. I don't want to say there was none, because there was some, but for the most part, it wasn't a lot. And that's what really inspired me to go in and do this study to like really try to frame it in a historical context, first of all, and then provide that nuance. Because I think Kanye West is such an important figure that, you know, regardless of whatever happens from this point forward, you can't deny all the things that he's done over the course of his career. And we do need to be able to look back and study him, um, and we have to be able to look at the good as well as the bad, and we have to be able to do it in a very constructive manner. Because I think it's a lot that we can learn from it, even just in the mm-hmm. recent weeks with the anti-Semitic stuff. Uh, as I've been going back and I've you know looked at those comments, and you know I've I've studied up on this whole you know issue of blacks and Jews and looking at Kyrie Irving and. You know, that led me down a whole rabbit hole of other things, though. When you talk about Black Israelites, the Nation of Islam, just a lot of stuff that is really, really important and really significant. And it is really good dialogue. And it was the the actor, the comedian, Jon Stewart, who said that we have to have dialogue. We can't be afraid to discuss issues that made people uncomfortable. Dave Chappelle went on Saturday Night Live a week yep. ago and yep. made some comments, you know, kind of trying to explain this Kanye West situation. And some Perfect people person. were offended by it. Some people were offended. and, and But Stuart's like, nah, you, you can't be offended because like all Dave did is he put it out there on the table. So now let's talk about it because we right. can't move forward if we don't talk about it. Because if a group of people feel this way, we need to understand why they feel this way. Let's not just shun them and cancel them. Let's let's find out why, and then take it from there if we want to move forward as a society. So yeah, thank you guys so much for having me, and also just thank you for what you're doing. You know, in terms of like putting hip hop out here on a global stage and talking about the knowledge. I think this is so so important. Um, and you you guys don't know, like you're really doing amazing work, and you're really educating people in the UK and Australia. Back here in the U.S. for people who are going to see this or listen to this podcast. And uh, just keep up the good work, man. And I'm looking forward to that article, Charlie, when it comes out. So please send me a copy.
1: Oh, oh, gosh. Okay. i don't write like an academic okay it's very talky It's man. i have one flow okay and i i got i got i got my c's uh, in uni because of it because i can write an essay properly nah <laughs> but, man it's, yeah. it's cool man it's, uh,
2: please send it to me i share it with my students um in my class if oh, you oh gosh
1: don't do that there okay all right no don't. no don't do that don't
0: do that <laughs> <laughs> that'd be awesome
1: yeah man but, uh, yeah appreciate you coming through Um uh, we usually uh end on like a on what we literally call it a lighter note sometimes it's not light you know we, sometimes we're just sad you know what i mean when we talk about depressing shit um but uh you know we call it a light note regardless um so uh yeah uh we kick it off we finish off with a lighter note which can be you know anything on your mind well obviously you've had <laughs> you know this on your mind but if you have anything else on your mind uh in terms of just like uh i don't know are you watching? I, yeah. you, are you watching NFL right now? So there's some games on. Right? You got that in the background or something? I don't know. But anything you want to talk about? Let's uh, let, let us know on that front. Uh, what you thinking?
2: Um. Well, here in the US, we have, have Thanksgiving coming up. Oh um, yeah, Thanksgiving holiday, and you know yeah. Thanksgiving. I don't, we're going to end this on a light note because there there's some controversy it. with the history of Thanksgiving. We we're not going to get into. Yeah. But on on the better side of Thanksgiving. Um, which doesn't involve Native Americans losing land and stuff. But on the better side of Thanksgiving, it is a time for people here in America to come together with their families, with their friends and loved ones, and to celebrate. Um, mm-hmm. and, and people do Thanksgiving different. Some people do it over a big meal of turkey. Other people do it watching football, playing football. Other people just, you know, have what's called Friendsgiving, and people share things, right? But it's a beautiful time, and it's it's just a few days away from now. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm looking forward to this it. on Thursday. I'm looking forward to spending that time with my family. The day before I do this community service activity I've been doing for a few years now called Feast of Sharing, where, um you know, we we try to feed 5,000 um, people who are usually either homeless or like working poor families or senior citizens. We try to feed them. We give them clothing, donations, nice. um, health care screenings. So those are two big things I have coming up later this week and I'm really really looking forward to it. So I just want to wish everybody a good Thanksgiving if they celebrate it. Um Christmas is coming up soon. Um some of the other holidays depending on what your religion are coming up soon as well. So just you know happy holidays to everybody.
1: That's what's up. That's what's up. What's your perfect Thanksgiving plate?
2: Ah uh, man a perfect Thanksgiving plate. So I like uh tart turkey, dark meat, so I like the wings I really like cranberry sauce. Some rice mm. with some dress original
1: or cans. I've heard that's a thing,
2: it doesn't matter either way. Okay, <laughs> either way, yeah. I'm, I'm not that picky. Um, Fair uh, vegetables, I gotta have my vegetables, I gotta have a well balanced meal.
1: Mm-hmm. Um,
2: a roll, some apple pie. Um, mm. we got this thing in the black community about um, sweet potato versus pumpkin pie.
1: I've heard right
2: yeah. where, <laughs> mm-hmm. where it's like, um, you know, the black community we say that you know, black people they do sweet potato. White people do pumpkin pie? I'm a little funny, and maybe this is because I went to those schools that I was mentioning earlier in the interview. Uh-huh. I uh-huh. actually like both. Like uh-huh. I know the difference between pumpkin and sweet potato, but I think okay. they both taste good if they're made right. So that's my ultimate Thanksgiving meal. Nice. Um, so yeah, I'm looking looking forward to that in a few days.
1: Nice, nice. That reminds me of that uh, Bernie Mac uh, bit on um, his uh, Def Comedy Jam. Does this pussy tell her pumpkin pie? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, greatest five minutes of comedy ever! All right. Yeah, man. <laughs> ben, do you have anything to line up?
0: Nah, that's it, man. That's it. Oh, the only thing I will say is I wish that uh we had imported Thanksgiving instead of Halloween because we have oh, Halloween. Fuck, but I really know, right? Halloween i know we halloween don't have sucked. thanksgiving <laughs> and uh yeah man that's the only thing i have i'll say on that because thanksgiving sounds great sounds yeah. really wholesome and calm but yeah halloween's pretty intense over here for me it just
1: sounds like two christmas dinners in two months like i'm, I'm down for that let me do that yeah, let me, let me yeah, go for is, that halloween's much. just nothing
2: yeah thanksgiving's, <laughs> awesome. thanksgiving's <laughs> pretty awesome halloween
1: brings nothing to me i don't care i just don't care mm. <laughs> don't give a fuck do you guys uh, like soccer
2: yeah, like you got the
1: World oh, Cup stars today. Oh, oh gosh, are oh, we? Be, oh, right, well, yeah, we're yeah, split yeah. on that one.
0: We're split on <laughs> oh, okay. I'm gonna watch it. Charlie's not I I fully uh, yeah. respect Charlie not watching it because of what's going on in Qatar. Like I oh,
1: okay. I've talked fully about it on him. my pods, like on my personal pods, uh like for a couple for a couple of years now. Vendetta against it, like the concept yeah. of sports washing up and talking about it and bigging it up. So I'm, I'm kind of having to just like and I'm not the biggest football fan anyway, right? I keep up just for conversations purposes, right? But yeah, no, I'm 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 good on that. I can find stuff to do uh, past that. You know what I mean? So I'm I'm gonna give it a miss. Uh, It's fine. It's fine. You guys can enjoy yourself uh, by not drinking beer and uh, uh, (laughs) enforcing enforcing uh, Qatari uh, Qatari, uh, values on everybody else. Yeah, thank you. That's all. That's all great. Shout shout to FIFA. Shout to FIFA. Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, But yeah, one more time. Uh, the book is uh, Wake Up Mr. West, Kanye West and the Double Consciousness of Black Celebrity Dr. Joshua Wright thank you for coming through um, and thank you for coming through on the pod
2: yes sir, thank you fellas
1: thank you very thank much you. Uh, I have been Chaito the Fifth Emblem. I've been mean, Ben Carter for Pop Numbers we hope you all have a good week we shall always always try and do the same but until the next time take it easy, ladies and gentlemen all right, peace Digging in Digits is produced by me and Ben Carter. The show is edited by me, music for the show. is speaks of video games by bonus points. Thank the to Chill Hop Music for the ability to use. Social sort of development, hip hop by numbers, bonus points and chill hot music will in the full show notes wherever you're listening. This has been a FitFent Podcast production. Thanks for spending time with us. We'll see you next time. We'll Digging in the Digits.